Something extraordinary is happening in South Africa this week. Stefan Koller has brought the people from Singularity University to the country. And, and just listening to what they've had to say and the books that have been written by the co-founders, it's all a different way of thinking. The, the linear kind of thinking that we as human beings are hardwired to do is changing into a business world of exponential thinking. Is that what got you going here first? Absolutely, um, Alec. W what really was interesting for me was that these new technologies that are coming out are actually enabling you to address problems totally differently from a total different angle. And if you stick with the way you've been educated and the way you've been trained and everything, each year you try and make your business just a little bit better. But, but we are wired that way. I mean, if you think about it, I remember someone saying once we've got these Stone Age bodies, but we've got a Space <laughs> Age world. No, that's right. Uh, but where we are in, in business is a lot of people are now able to use these technologies to disrupt. If you think about Airbnb, mm. who would have thought the second biggest hotel chain in the world don't own a bed? You look at Uber, the largest taxi company in the world, doesn't own a taxi. Uh, and they've, you know, they've done that in a space of a very short time. So business models are compressing. Um, business strategies and the way you execute on things have changed. And if you don't adopt that, you don't future-proof your business because someone else will come and do something that comes from left field that you haven't thought about. And um, the, the, the whole way you, you want to run your, your, your strategy is now disrupted. So mm -hmm. unless you do it for yourself, someone else will do it for you. But what you're in banking. Mm. You're a bank. Banks are almost, for many people, the epitome of the old age. Are you trying to change? Absolutely, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's sort of two things. One is um, we've got a view that uh, um, we're really borrowing the future from our children. It's the old stewardship view. We've been around for 350 years or 325 years, and we want to be around for another 325 years. And if you don't adopt the new technologies, you're going to disappear. Firstly. Secondly, we also believe that where we've been given licenses and where we're systemic in the, in the markets, we actually have a broader obligation to that society in terms of generating growth. And then it's not purely altruistic because we also are interested in having GDP grow faster mm. because then we rise with the tide in terms of a business. So understanding it, I guess, lets you lend more smartly than you would understanding all these changes. But Steve, the thing is, we hear of Uber, and yeah. then guys say, oh, well, the taxis will carry on. You hear of, of Waze, which is mm. showing you how to get to places quicker. All of these new technologies that are coming in are being used by people, but it's almost like the business world is saying, it's not going to happen here. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I disagree totally. Just see how Uber has changed behaviors in this country. How many people now go out, have a drink, use Uber? Whereas before, getting a taxi was quite difficult. Unless you had a special person or a number who followed you around, you didn't you know, just get a taxi. But, so but when you sit, uh, when you do your loans, say the taxi driver who would have got a loan from you in the past, are you now saying, mm, maybe not? Maybe we'll give it to a Uber, dri Uber well, driver? No, not necessarily, but there's a whole new industry there. If you have a look at the way Uber works, Uber now does special training for its, its drivers. They know exactly how much 
a car can make and do. The money comes through Uber. Uber then pays us back and the balance goes to the driver. So you can already see they've changed the risk profile of each of those drivers. My risk is now a big Uber company paying me back because that's where the money mm -hmm. goes as opposed mm -hmm. to, so that model itself has just made drivers more financeable. But what I'm getting at here is that there are so many of these exponential changes that we are seeing. Are you adapting the way you do business with customers? Because a bank is, you're there to look after people's money and to lend money to people. Are you now shifting that yet? So two things we, we've started, uh, Alec. One is um, to actually start working with our clients on solutions. So I take my infrastructure and I say to them, what are your big problems? How can I use my infrastructure to solve it together? And that's just a synergy thing, one plus one equals three. Whereas before we had design a product and just push it, push it, push it. Those days are gone. Um, it's not an easy change because that's years, and as you pointed out earlier, years and years of ingrained the way we do business, but we're pushing that very hard. The second thing is you start having a look at your own problems in a totally different way. I'll give you a quick example. Our FX systems are you know, 20 years old. For the last five years, I've changed them, tried to make them a bit better, smoothed them out a bit, you know, re refurbished them. But when you realize that actually I need to give FX to everyone because eventually it's going to be on your mobile phone with your bank account. Suddenly I need to do it for not 20,000 clients, I need to do it for 20 million. You suddenly realize I have to close that system down and put a new one in. Mm. So you're suddenly accelerating some of the, the change in your business because you can just see if you really go where the market's going, if you use what you've currently got. And so your thinking is different. Mm -hmm. So bang. Let's close that one down, let's pull a new one. So it, it seems as though you're trying to bring in Silicon Valley thinking, uh, state-of-the-art thinking. Singularity, uh, talking to the, the guys there, tell me that their campus is right next to Google, and there can't be too many more forward-looking companies than Google. You know what I, I really liked about it was they, when you read that book, Ex Exponential Organizations, it's about the different way of thinking. And if you have a look at these business models that are working now, it's about the scalability so that your marginal cost of that additional client or that additional sale tends to zero. That's the ultimate uh, um, barrier to entry. And uh, if you can build something once and scale it a million times, you can get that scalability. And just think about that effect on clients when the marginal cost of their extra transaction is zero. Mm -hmm. You can suddenly provide a whole different service to them at a very different cost. How do you get the guys in the bank to buy this? We, we, can, we can sit here now and pontificate uh, indefinitely, but someone gets up in the morning, goes to work, and has to think differently. How do you get that in? Um, there's two things. What we've tried to do is, first of all, put the client's needs first. So instead of building a strategy around, we think these products need to happen, we actually go and sit with our largest clients and say, what do you need from us? And then that determines our strategy. You teach them though. I mean, let's just say you've got a client who doesn't get exponentiality as most human beings don't. Yeah, but if you, they don't even need to get ex exponentiality. Just that change. Mm -hmm. um, give you an example. We've had a client for years um, in, the, in the public sector and we do three things with them. We, we, we went and had a two-day session with them. We came back with 84 things that they would like us to do for them. That's like mm. pretty interesting and we've never thought about them because we thought we knew what they wanted, as opposed to them tell us, if you can do these things for us, that'll be awesome. And we can because we've got the infrastructure, we're just not scaling it. 
Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is to get people to experiment. We, especially in banking, we live in very hierarchical worlds. And so it takes a lot of time to get to the top to get an approval. If you can flatten that, and you say to the person, if you bring a good idea, I'll give you 10,000 Rand to bring the first prototype back. If we then like it, I'll give you 100,000 Rand, and then I'll give you a million Rand, and then I'll give you 10 million Rand, depending mm -hmm. on how big it is. Mm -hmm. Instead of creating these big projects that then go through a three-month approval process and going to cost a lot of money and take two years to build, you actually get a lot of ideation, and you kill a lot of it early because they realize not doable or it needs to change. But you get more ideas, and you get people really thinking, and then you get all your staff giving you 100% mm -hmm. instead of limiting them to a job description and getting 40%. Well, Steve von Koller might well have been referring back to one of the original constituents of ABSA. It was a bank called Trust Bank who said banking will never be the same again. Well, it's come a long, long way from there and certainly listening to him now, uh, the changes are coming thick and fast.